so NXT came up Tuesday, and I liked NXT. I thought NXT was cute. I I hate the way, but in in the with the utmost respect, because they're fucking <laughs> hilarious. They're funny. Their whole dynamic is just funny. Like Austin Theory is their grown man child son. And Andy Hartwell is their 13-year-old daughter who's in love with this bad boy. And everybody's like, it's so stupid. But it's so funny because Gargano and Candice are like these doting parents that still do fucked up shit. And they're just like, you're our family. We're not going to have you corrupted by this man. I'm like, you guys are terrible people anyway. So what does it matter? It's just been Kitty. hilarious segments after hilarious segments. Like the one segment they had, um, it was like the previous NXT where um, Bronson Reed flattened Austin Theory. And um, <laughs> that was when Indy Hartwell went like missing. So they're like backstage <laughs> an interview. And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Candace is on the phone with the police trying to find out where Indy Hartwell is. Uh, Johnny's talking to the interviewer, mad and upset because she was trying to get beats from Indy earlier. Austin Theory's like, Johnny, boy, uh, Marie, we gotta go. Uh, he was very macho man with it. Yeah. It was so funny. I could not stop crying. I loved so, it. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, they did, WWE did trademark the name Index, obviously for Indy. Um, Hartwell and Dexter Loomis so I'm pretty sure we're gonna get more from that but yeah Indy Hartwell is basically this like lovesick teen that's in love with her like older neighbor who's like the creepy guy <laughs> ah, ah. windows are always closed you don't know where right. you go to work he's a tortured artist um, so yeah that whole segment that whole segment's funny again I'm not a fan of Johnny holding the title I feel like they no, but it's funny of, yeah, they could have done this without the title, but they're making the best, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Like um, this week's NXT, <laughs> Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae were talking. You see Dexter Loomis in the distance, just staring like a serial killer. Candice is so creepy. Indy Hartwell's just like with her lips puckered out, just ready to make out with Mister Dexter. She goes starts talking mess to Shotzi and um, Ember Moon, and then. She realizes Indy's nowhere to be found. And then you just hear Ember Moon, get her. And they just like drag her into the room and, <laughs> and beat the hell out of her. <laughs> <laughs> she goes back there where Gargano is. He's like, What the hell happened to you? She's like, uh, I don't, Is that gum in your hair? I was like, Where did the, the gum come from? <laughs> and he's just like, Give her five minutes. Give, give her five minutes. She's obviously upset. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like how her character is like, obviously she's getting sick and tired of all the shenanigans going on and the other three are just oblivious. So I'm excited to see where this goes. It's just funny. I, I, I love every minute of it because it never goes their way. And their name is The Way. The way and it's, yeah. so, it's so stupid, but so funny. And <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, that shit is gold. That oh, yeah. is gold. So Bronson Reed kind of coerced Austin Theory into a match. They're going to have a match this coming week on NXT to determine if Bronson Reed will be able to go up against Gargano 
in a few in a future shot at the North American Championship, he has to go through Austin um, Theory first. So <clears throat> that was set in stone. Um, Kyle O'Reilly opened the show for NXT this past Tuesday, and he seemed to be very much on a high. You know, he was really happy. <laughs> he was like, I mean, literally, like he really was just like. I am extremely ecstatic. I'm no longer attached to Adam Cole. My soul is free. I am free. I was like, okay, get your praise on. And so they, they, they had this thing where Cameron Grimes. Fucking to the moon. Oh, my God. Fucking Cameron brings his country ass out there. And he's like. I want to help you out. You know, I want to help bolster you. And I'm going to, you know, get some money on you. You want some money? I got some money for you. I'm going to help you get an NFT. Do you know what that is? I was like, bitch, I don't even know what the fuck NFT is. I don't think you know what it is either. But what I do know is this. Ted DiPiace is going to become enthralled with Cameron Grimes sometime soon. And they've already alluded to it by him outbidding Cameron Grimes on the current NFT he thought he bought. Okay? So they did that statement after he got beat up by Calo Barley in the (laughs) opening of the show. It was, a, it was a nice, soft opening. It was a bit monologue It was a bit long, I will say. But it did give you some insight into where Kyle O'Reilly's character is going. He isn't trying to be the Undisputed Era Kyle. He's just himself. Anyway, he cut a decent promo. It was nice. It, it, it gave you some insight into Kyle. And Kyle is like, I'm my own man. And I can prove that I belong here without Adam Cole. So that part is awesome. You know, you got a character, a singles division superstar in Kyle O'Reilly. Now, we haven't seen Cole, of course, in a while, which Triple H promised that Cole would be on NXT that next week after the match was over, and Cole wasn't there, O'Reilly was there. So I'm curious as to what's next for Adam Cole. O'Reilly had a match with Cameron Grimes. That was the main event. They fought. That was it. You know, there wasn't really, there wasn't really much to that. Kyle O'Reilly did call out Carrying Cross. He did make it known that he didn't have a problem with competing for that North American championship or going after the big NXT championship with Carrying Cross. So I'd be interested in this, to see that. I think Karrion and Kyle O'Reilly styles would mesh well in the ring. They have, Kyle has more of a bruiser style um, of wrestling anyway. It is mm-hmm. back in a lot of MMA style fighting, which is where Karrion Cross's style of wrestling is, but he's a bigger guy. So I think with O'Reilly, he might be able to fare better than he did with Finn Balor. So that match might be kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> what else happened on NXT? Yeah, so oh, Adam Cole... LA Knight had a match, here. right? Yeah, Adam Cole will be here this following Wednesday. This upcoming oh, he'll be here next next Tuesday. Yeah, next Tuesday, my bad. Um, yeah, LA Knight had a match with Dexter Loomis. Yeah, uh, now it's the situation with Indy. <laughs> yeah. Like the match was the match was good. I like the whole indie Dexter thing. Um, 
again for me it's I get they wanted so here's my thing I think more than anything it's not that they wanted LA Knight to get a win I think they did it to further the story with um Indy and Dexter yeah it just happened at LA Knight yeah I'm not a fan like we can kill two birds with one stone yeah I'm again I'm not a fan with the whole distraction thing. I understand it because he's enthralled with Indy and Indy's enthralled with Dexter. Um, I just, I feel like- We see it too much on the main roster and you don't want to see it in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Like I always say, like, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't want to see SmackDown and Raw stuff slowly bleed into how NXT um, runs their shows because there's, for a while back in the day, like you really didn't see that many of like distractions and roll-ups obviously they were there but it wasn't that much so I just for me personally I don't think that match needed it you could have done it another way but I am excited <laughs> I'm just so excited about this Indy Dexter thing there's just it's so a many. cute story it's so I it's like so LA Knight yeah. I like LA Knight because he reminds me of older stars like Mr. Kennedy and <clears throat> He and he what what LA Knight does is a lot of talking, but he can back it up with supreme wrestling skill. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what makes me like him so much. And everybody's like, I know that Donovan was upset that his trunks, like they're very distracted by his trunks. They're like his trunks are matte, but the lettering on them is glossy. And I'm like, so what? They're like, I don't I don't know, I don't like it. I'm like, did you watch the match though? <laughs> you- that's another conversation about people that I understand you I understand you love to watch to see what the wrestlers are wearing, but it's like if you're so focused on what they're wearing that you can't watch the match, like I don't watch the match to see what they're wearing. Now, do I notice what they're wearing? Yeah, of course, but I don't like watch the match and be like, I can't focus on the match because the lettering is off by two centimeters. I like his gear though. I like LA Knight's gear though. I think his gear is, is great. I love his gear. <laughs> hey Nicole. Hi. Sorry, sorry I'm late. My job. No, no problem. <laughs> You're fine. It actually doesn't suck. It just I don't like how like the hours are weird. You're good. Yeah, no worries. Um, other than that, we saw uh, Frankie Monet um, and Leo yeah. Shirai. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I want her to bring that dog to ringside every match she has. I know. I no, give... I'm scared. I'm scared for the dog. I'm scared something's gonna happen to the dog. And I want her to give the dog to Beth and be like, Beth, watch my watch my dog for me. I just love <laughs> that dog so much. It's just so much going on. <laughs> that dog is gonna be a problem. Definitely. I, w- I wonder if the dog can bark on command. So, like, when a wrestler falls over to the side, the dog starts, like, barking on command, which distracts oh, the wrestler. So and then, like, she gets the win. But I want her to use the dog as safely as possible when she can. You're horrible. You're absolutely horrible. I want... Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I want the dog to bark. Yeah, it is just so great. And like that whole segment with her and Eo, and then Eo goes, I'm a cat person, and just like walks away. So I didn't like that because she was so I had a problem with that because she's Asian, and there's always like a stigma of Asian people like quote unquote eating cat. 
so that's why I didn't like her saying that. <laughs> I didn't mind it because Io Shirai, I... like, she posts pictures of her cats all the time. So like she, she is a cat person. A cat person. I don't know. She had animals. Yeah, she, she, she has cats. Yeah, she has a black cat and I think like another cat. But yeah, she actually is a cat person. So yeah, I'm excited for Frankie Monet. Uh, the Saray and um, oh, I love that match. That match was really good. Here's my only thing: the match was really good. I love the match, but I've seen what Saray can do, and I've seen what um, Zoe Starks can do. And I think me personally, I want it to be a little bit more 50-50 because they can beat the hell out of each other. I thought it was 50-50. I didn't see. I was like, at one point, Saray had the upper hand, and at one point in the beginning of the match, Zoe had the upper hand, but they were they were tit for tat for the most part of that match. So I was just like, I don't see it. Like me, when I watched the match, to me, it seemed like Zoe had more of the upper hand, and like, it was good for when Saray would rally, but I love like when she would rally, she would scream. Her finishing move is amazing. She just like picks you up, and then I like finishing moves that actually look like it, it's going to put you down to where you're not going to be able to get up in that three count. And so when she did that move to Zoe, I was like, "That's good." Only thing else, I just, I just give the girl some better entrance music, please. I like her yeah. <laughs> but other than that like I really dig the match a lot of people were upset about it they were like why would you put Zoe Starks in there when she's obviously about to have a feud with um Mercedes and the whole thing with Tony Storm and she had it she just got a one off of Tony Storm and it looks like you're building her and it's like what you guys don't realize is like earlier in the show when Saray was coming in with her translator she and, challenged her. Yeah, William Regal came in. Zoe Stark says, I'm a big fan of you. I would like to be your first match. So in a sense of storyline, Zoe asked for that match. It wasn't like William Regal made the match. She asked for it. So that made sense as to why that match took place. And it made sense to why she would lose is because Saray is an amazing competitor. That girl has amazing skills. So like, like the match itself wasn't booked to be a, a stomp. No, it was not a match. It was meant to showcase both superstars, which to me makes perfect sense. It still makes Zoe look strong. See, this is a problem that's in wrestling now with a lot of people. <clears throat> they feel like if you lose a match that somehow weakens you or shows that you don't know how to compete. Zoe's lost against Io Shirai. Does that mean now because she lost against her that she is not worthy to compete against the likes of Mercedes and Tony Storm? Meanwhile, all of those women have lost and they're still trying to compete to get that title off of Raquel. So my thing is, how come it's okay It's okay for Mercedes to lose twice going up against Io Shirai, but it's not okay for Zoe Starch to lose going up against DeRay? I don't understand. Yeah, and I was like, the match made perfect sense. Now, if you're talking like a wrestler has been losing consecutive 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 matches and then you throw them into a title shot then I might be like well let's give them some wins first but with Zoe Stark it seems like they're building her so you can see her wrestling and see how good she is and see how dominant she can be so when you do start building her you're like oh this yeah this girl can go like this girl is legit and and I'm a Zoe Stark fan like when I first saw her 
Um, I think it was against her first match was against Io Shirai, wasn't it? I believe it was. Like when I saw her first match, mm-hmm. on NXT, it was against somebody else. Was it or was it who was it against? I I thought it was. It wasn't Io. She had a match with Io after that. That next week. Who was her first match? I don't know, but it wasn't Io. I don't know if it was um, Jesse Kamea or one of them. I don't remember. But no, it was because I match. remember it was it was against someone, and then because it was a good because I I feel like the person she wrestled. It wasn't like yeah. a Jesse Kamea kind of a Hold on. Zoe's Darks. First NXT. Was it like a, a PC wrestler? No, it wasn't her first match. Goddamn lie. She had a match on fucking NXT. Yeah, she had it. It was in February. Oh, she faced. um. Lacey Ryan, formerly no, no way. That was her name, actually. <laughs> <laughs> she faced uh, Valentina Ferraz, so she had a That's match. Her name. Yeah, she had a match with Valentina Ferraz, and I saw that match, and I was like, okay, this is pretty dope. And then she got the match with Io Shirai, and it seemed like they're showcasing like how strong and how good of a wrestler she is. And one of the yeah. things that I like about NXT is when they put them in the ring with like a PC talent or someone who you don't know yet, who hasn't figured their character out or may not have a ring name yet, they give them, not obviously not equal time, depending on who it is, but they give that other wrestler time for you to show them who they are as opposed to on WWE, on the main roster when they had crowds and they would bring in jobbers, they would get maybe a five second offense and then they would get squashed in like a minute and a half. So I right. love the fact that NXT allows these I don't want to say jobbers, but allow these, I guess, jobbers um, to have some some kind of some kind of offense, often so you can kind of know um, who who they are. Um, they so look I, good. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Zoe Starks, and Tiff knows that I always say you can still look good in defeat if they work the match the right way, and that's what they've been doing with Zoe Starks. Even though the only match she's she's beat Tony Storm, and obviously they're going towards her and Tony Storm having. Um, another match even in defeat Zoe Starks looked good she is someone that I can see getting putting the belt on her Um, she doesn't necessarily have a character just yet but I'm pretty sure that's going to happen once they really start building her up Um, but I do see her getting that belt in in the future sometime Sure. I mean, what NXT does and what they do very well is they know how to set up the next year of their show. And when they're moving out of a particular era, which is Adam Cole's Undisputed Era era, and of course, Io Shirai's reign as champion, they transition very well to the next set. And they Mm -hmm. make it so that it doesn't look as if oh, well, this person probably isn't going to be champion for a long time. And then you'll see, they'll have a champion six months, eight months. Damn, like, somebody else got to get an opportunity, bitch. Like, you can't, you can't keep it forever. God, like, so my, my thing is they make it so that it's not so obvious 
that certain people aren't going to be champion or certain people won't, you know, beat this particular champion. They make it mm-hmm. so that it's palatable for everybody to be a possible champion in this particular section of the company, which I can appreciate because it makes everyone look like they are viable superstars and that they are all capable of being champion, which is true. When you look at it compared to Raw and SmackDown, it is very clear who is supposed to be champion and who isn't. Mm -hmm. And I find that this way of booking is better because each competitor has a spot. Everybody knows where they are and what they're doing and nobody feels left out. And that's the point. That's that's the point of the camaraderie and the circle of matches. And they don't just leave it to where it's just Gargano and, and fucking um, Bronson Reed all the time. They've got Gargano and Bronson Reed and Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis and Theory's running around like a 12-year-old. Candace <laughs> getting her ass whooped every week almost. And she's trying to mother, mother everybody. You've got um, MSK running out brown with Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato Del Fantasma still in brawl with that. You've got Everrise being beat down by the Grizzled Young Veterans. It's just so much happening at once. And you're seeing how everything plays out. It just is a really cool concept for a show. And all of this stuff is packed in two hours. Yeah, so, and that's the that's the cool thing. And the thing also that I like about NXT is when you look at their men's division and you look at the roster, if you really look at who's on the roster, any one of those single competitors can be put in any of the divisions, the main title division and the North American division. Mm-hmm. You don't get you don't get that with the main roster. They they literally book them to where it's like I can't see so and so going for the title when you see all the guys that they have booked for this division you're like I don't I don't I don't see but with NXT you can name any single uh, male star on that roster and you can say oh I can see them holding the the North American title I can see them holding um the main title like a lot of people may not like Cameron Grimes but I could see Cameron Grimes holding the North American title I can see Dexter Loomis holding the North American title or the main title Bronson Reed the North American title Ciampa both titles Austin Theory North American title We've seen um, Leon Ruff. He's had the North American paddle before. Nah, I was going to be honest. I didn't think that shit was ever going to happen. <laughs> I, I knew that was going, like, when that first started and he was going up against Johnny, I was like, they're going to put that title on him because it suits the story of Johnny's character at the time where he just has bad luck after bad luck. And I was like, his bad luck is he's going to drop it to Leon Ruff. And it's just like, so yeah, you can, like, you can look at all of them and, and, you can see like they can all be interchanged and you don't get that with the main roster. And that's why I really like NXT because they are at least booking their, their wrestlers to be able, so they can put them in any different division that you need. Kushida is the cruiserweight champion, but you Which was an excellent idea. It was a good idea, but you can also (laughs) see Kushida as the North American champion as well. You could, you very well could. But they decided to give him the Cruiserweight Championship, which I'm not mad about because she didn't earn that title. He should have got the North American title, to be honest with you. Yeah, But it's okay that he's Cruiserweight Champion, too. And, of course, that's going to give 
um, Escobar something to do with Kushida for a little while. It keeps him as a heel, which I don't mind because I like Escobar. You know, he at least he ain't moving no coconut. You know, he ain't moving no oh, yeah. weight. So we <laughs> good. I mean, now for the most part, NXT was a solid show. It wasn't it wasn't super exciting, but it was moving the story along, and that's okay. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Down for the Count. As always, I am one of the co-hosts, Tiffany E, and this week we just got me and Janae. So we're going to handle the show for the next, probably for the next couple of weeks until um, Nicole gets her schedule worked out and until Alexis comes back. Yep. And we ain't going to be on here long. We're going to tell you everything you need to know and then give you a little bit and then be like, okay, bye. <laughs> That's all we going to give you. We're not giving you nothing else. So here we go. Um. We're going to give you a quick recap of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. I'm telling you guys from here on out, you will not be getting any commentary from me or any recap of anything on AEW from yours truly, okay? Now, the other girls in the group, they will definitely do that. When they come back, you guys want to hear about AEW, surely they will be glad to do it. But from Tiffany, you ain't getting nothing. Okay, I'm not doing it. So as far as I'm concerned, they they can keep going and existing and doing their thing. I ain't got no problem with that. But I'm not going to be watching it. Okay, because they personally have tore their draws with me. Okay, now um, we will talk about SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. We are going to touch on Impact Rebellion because it is today. Today, Sunday, while we're recording this. So we are going to touch on that and the winners of those matches. And we're very interested to see between Kenny Omega and Rich Swan how that match is going to go down. And we'll just talk about all of that stuff. And we're going to talk about Mark Carano's firing, the whole garbage bag situation, and everything in between. So let's get the small stuff out of the way first. So while was this week? Um, (laughs) okay, real talk, let's keep it funky. It wasn't terrible. It was watchable if you didn't expect a lot from it. And it's at least that they are not deviating from the script when it comes to their plans for the next pay-per-view. They've set it in stone. It's in May. WrestleMania Backlash is in May. And... People were asking why it's staying WrestleMania Backlash. And if I recall, Janae might have a better explanation of it. It's got something to do with Peacock. Yeah, basically it's advertisement. So um, WWE is new to Peacock and Peacock's trying to bring in um, more eyes to WWE's product because again, Peacock paid a lot of money to, uh, I'm going to say rent because a lot of people, a lot of you guys out there think that Peacock owns WWE's library. They don't. They're renting their library for like five years for I think a billion dollars or whatever the case. And it's called licensing. Yeah, like licensing. That's what y'all favorite Donald Trump does with his name. <laughs> they're, they're they're licensing the content, and obviously they're paying a billion dollars over the next five years. They want to have as many eyes on the product as possible. Now WrestleMania is one of WWE's biggest pay per views ever. 
Um, and a lot of people who don't watch wrestling now, they do remember at the most watching rest, watching WrestleMania. When I was younger, um, I wasn't watching, when I was a kid, I wasn't watching Raw or Sunday Night Heat when it first initially started, when I was like really young. I did get to see WrestleMania once a year, depending on if my grades were good, but I did get to see WrestleMania <laughs> once a year. So my early memories of wrestling was WrestleMania. And then when I got older, I was about to watch Sunday Night Heat, Raw, a little bit of SmackDown when it first started. Um, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're hitting on the nostalgia of the name WrestleMania. So now that you have Backlash, um, WrestleMania was one of their like most watched uh, shows on the network. So they're trying to replicate that with Backlash. Um, they don't want people just watching WrestleMania. They want people to watch all the pay-per-views. So that's why it's going to be called WrestleMania Backlash, just because of the name. It's just a promotional tactic that they're using to get more eyes on WWE in general, because if you watch WrestleMania uh, Backlash, you might get invested in storylines or the wrestlers, which might in turn make you want to watch Raw um, or SmackDown. That's all it is. It's marketing. Yes. So with that being said, with it called, being called WrestleMania Backlash, there are some matches that may or may not repeat. So in regards to the main title, that match has is going to repeat. Okay, a lot of people aren't happy about that, but they seem to be attempting to build a story with the repeat, which this story that they're building was better than the buildup they initially had. With, um, with Bobby Lashley gaining the title and defending the title at Mania. Now, I would be curious as to how they would move on from Drew from here. Um, maybe they can put the Drew in Bray Wyatt sites and kind of let Drew and Bray Wyatt have their one-off together without any titles involved. And then you'll see what's going to happen with Lashley. Lashley's dream match is to have a fight with Brock Lesnar. With the world opening back up and people becoming vaccinated, that can be very possible very soon. But that also lends me to question what would happen with Paul Heyman if that were to happen? Because Heyman is usually the guy who speaks for Brock Lesnar. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. there are a lot of variables that could be explored when it comes to Bobby Lashley as champion. Personally, I think they should have had Lashley go up against Orton at WrestleMania Backlash. I think that would have helped Lashley build his legacy as champion if they're going to move forward with him as champion. Um, I don't really care for Lashley, but at the bare minimum, they could at least give him decent opponents to go up against. Um, as far as the women's division is concerned, they are attempting to do something with that. Charlotte Flair recently got suspended this past Monday. She lost her match due to interference from Rhea Ripley, fair enough. But she took her anger out on the referee. <laughs> that poor ref. That poor ref. As he should have. He beat the hell out of that referee. He didn't do nothing. He just called it like he saw it. <laughs> I As mean, he should have. 
Don't be getting that at the ref. The ref didn't do nothing wrong. He did not deserve that ass whooping. If she wanted to get somebody ass whooping, she should have been beating up Oscar or beating up Rhea Ripley. Oscar's the one who beat her, and Rhea Ripley's the one who helped her. So if she was mad, she should have went after the people who screwed her out of a win over Oscar again. Now, the only thing, only problem I had with Charlotte was the, what she had on. Because it looked like <laughs> her, her shorts didn't fit and Mama was having a hard time filling them out. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Charlotte. I think Charlotte is great. I like when she's a heel because I love to hate her. Okay? But my thing with Charlotte is she's a tall, slender, athletically built woman. There are certain aspects of her body that won't work with certain clothes. It doesn't mean she can't wear them. It means she has to wear them in a specific way. So if you're going to wear shorts and make it like a short set kind of a suit, then they need to fit. Those pants were like, you ever seen when old people wear shorts? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't, they don't pretty much lost their ass all together <laughs> and like the seat of the pants like you can see the seat of the pants like you can fit your whole arm in the back of the pants you know you're like damn you ain't got no ass you got all Hank Hill ass you are no ass at all you need a sitting muscle like, you, just, <laughs> you don't have none of that like that is that is what I saw and I'm and I I know a lot of people I like Tiffany, you body shape. That is not my intention. I'm making light of it and making jokes, but real talk, I think Charlotte's beautiful. And I wish I had the body that she has because she can pretty much put on anything, but there are certain aspects of her that don't work in certain styles. And that's for everybody. That's not, that's not me bashing her. That's just me. And I am making light of it and joking at it. But real talk, dumb it down for just real, just a second. It's like she doesn't have to wear her clothes like that. A lot of people was kicking at this outfit she wore the last time when she cut that really great promo. I actually like the outfit. I just wish it was like a two-piece or it was pants. You know what I'm saying? Kind of mm-hmm. like how Sasha wears her one-pieces. Because to me, the short thing... It, it accentuates her legs when she has good legs, but it it, it shortened her. Like you, It made her look like she's a, a tiny woman walking on these stilts, these stilt legs. And it just, it was just an odd look for her. I was like, she can, she can wear anything, but within reason. So I was just like, okay, what she wears when she takes those pictures with King Troy is fire. She was yeah. absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, she is a stunning woman, makeup or no makeup. And the way King Troy dresses her, he puts her strengths forward. And I'm like, that's what I want her to do. That's what I want her to stick to, is wear what makes you happy, but also wear what make, accentuates the best aspects of your body. And I think she's aware of that, but some people take it too far. I'm just joking. I don't mean no harm. Because some people get in their feelings. And they be like, well, Tiffany, you fat, so you can't be talking about her. I might be fat, but I know my limitations. That's all I'm saying. That is all. That's all I be saying. I'm like, look, sis, just, just don't wear them shorts no more. 
<laughs> my whole arm. I was like, my whole arm can fit up there. It was so much room. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, who did this? <laughs> oh, baby, I was like, no. <laughs> Anyways, um, Shana and I had their bout with um, Lana and Naomi. And they got distracted by Mandy and Dana replaying last week's match. Naya just leaves <laughs> in the middle of the match. And Shayna loses. It was a tag team match. So Shayna lost the tag team match because Naya just left it. It was it was interesting way to distract them. I mean I, like so the whole match stopped. And like here's here's my this is one of the issues that I have. Um, so before that, they were on a twelve win a twelve match win streak as a tag team with Nia and Shayna being in the ring as a team together. Mm-hmm. They had won like twelve straight matches in a row, and they lost that match. As a singles, as singles competitor, where either Nia's facing someone and Shayna's ringside, or vice versa, they lost. They they're like thirteen. They're like zero and thirteen. So as a tag team, they were doing fine. But as singles competitors, they just weren't winning any matches. And this is one of the things where I say like roll ups and like distractions and stuff. This is for Nia and Shayna. This is happening on like a weekly basis, though, and. And this is me saying, even if they win or lose. So, you know, the whole distraction thing happened on Raw. Then we get to SmackDown, and Nia had a match with Tamina. And they Tamina ended up winning because Reginald jumped on the thing. And then this, this it was just weird. And, it's, and that's one of the things where it's like, obviously, you want to put this match on TV on Raw, but you don't exactly know where you're going with it or what you want to do with it so instead you have a distraction or a roll-up because in wwe's eyes it keeps both competitors safe and it's like oh they lost but it was on a distraction and my thing is with Shayna and naya a lot of their matches have either ended up have either won by a distraction and they got and there was a roll-up involved or they lost by a distraction and there was a roll-up involved at what point in the storyline do you book these characters to where they stop getting distracted? Where it's like, okay, I'm out here wrestling. And last week you guys came out here and distracted me and I lost. The previous week and the previous week, where does that booking come in where you book them to where it's like, they're not going to get distracted anymore? Because we obviously see where this is going. The demise of Shane and I, where they're not going to get along anymore and they're going to end up dropping the titles. Isn't there a better way of, of, of doing that though? I agree. I mean, <clears throat> when you're watching it at first, if you're not paying attention, you're just like, oh, God, here we go. Another distraction. It just seems like they rely too much on those things. And I agree with Janae. It just keeps happening over and over again. And it, it, it seems like that's the only way Naya and Shayna can get a win. And we all know that that's not true. If this was Dana and Mandy <laughs> using Reginald to maintain their titles, 
I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm like, well, we know that's the reason why these bitches can't keep the title. You know mm-hmm. that there's that's the reason why they need them. They need him to maintain themselves as champions. Shayna and I do not. We're aware of what they're capable of without Reginald, without distractions. So it just seems disingenuous to them. And it seems like a, a slap in their face to have them constantly utilizing him or utilizing distractions to win a match. When you got two of the most dominating women in the company wrestling outside of Tamina, it just seems like you're diminishing what they're capable of without distractions. And I'm, I'm one where if you're a heel, then you're supposed to use those tactics because that's what heels do. They win at all costs. But it just seems like no matter who Shane and I go up against, they bowl over them anyway. So why use Reginald in the first place? Why is he even out? Yeah, exactly. So, even in losses, it's like, oh, Shayna lost because she got distracted by Mandy and Dana coming out, so she lost. Nia lost because she got distracted because Reginald jumped up there and then Reginald and Shayna started getting to it in ringside and she was so distracted by them arguing, she didn't see Tamina giving her like a super kick or whatever the case may be. And it's just like, like you were saying, Nia and Shayna, they are dominant. They should have no problem in winning matches. And another thing too that, bothered me about this whole storyline was so the match on raw when Nia Jax um they were going up against Shayna it was Shayna and Nia going up against I believe it was Mandy and Dana and it was during the whole slip gate of Wrestlemania y'all know Mandy came out she slipped and fell and busted her ass <laughs> um and then Nia comes out and first she trips getting into the ring everyone shares a laugh and then you know she tries to get up on the of the ringside and then you know, she slipped and fell with the shock face and Mandy was laughing and then Nia was just, she was super mad and she gets in the ring and then not, and then Mandy and Dana roll out the ring and walk up the ramp and they're like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now you can sit there and say, well, that makes sense. You know, Nia's pissed off and Mandy and Dana was like, we ain't trying to get involved in that. So we're not, we're just going to get counted out and that's going to end the match. But for me, when I look at it, I'm like, you two want those tag titles. You want to take them off of Nia and Shayna. You need to get a win over them, though. Yeah, you need to get a win over them. So how are you going to make me invested in you when at the first sight of Nia being pissed off, you guys run out of the ring and then say on camera, it's not worth it, it's not worth it. But then you go and you basically attack her like the following week and talk about how you want the tag titles. How am I supposed to get invested when one week you're saying it's not worth it, but now you're talking about you want the titles. You obviously have to get in the ring with them. Nia is obviously going to get mad at some point in the match because it's Nia. That's her character. That was a mistake. They should have stayed in the ring and Nia should have been so angry and emotional. She didn't listen to the ref and they got disqualified. That would have been a different story because then technically they hold a win over Nia and Shayna which to me would have worked out. They chose to leave. So in a sense, it's just dumb. And I don't know no other way to put it other Mm. than they have got to do better. I think that sometimes they do the bare minimum because they know we'll watch. And especially when it comes to the women's tag division, Shayna and I have been champions for a while and 
everybody's complaining about Drew being champion, but I rarely, I mean, I hear them complain, true enough, but mm-hmm. it's more so about how Dana, how Shayna and Nia aren't dominant champions anymore. It's not that they are the champions still. It's that they're not champions. They're not the dominant champions they should be. And my thing is, no, they shouldn't be champion at all. Yeah. They should have been split up before Mania. They should have split them up, and they should have had them competing against Asuka for the title. Her last days as champion should have been filled with quality, not the bullshit they were giving her. And yeah. it could have been had they had Nia and Shayna split up. They could have had Nia and Shayna fighting for after SummerSlam. They could have had them fight. It could have, um, if they dropped their titles at, um, what was it? Clash of Champions, dropped mm-hmm. the titles at Clash of Champions. Then they had, you know, that turned into like a hardcore <laughs> blood feud. And they just fight it out at, um, and they just fight it out at Hell in a Cell. Let that be the end of it. And then they move forward. Start off with with Shayna going up against Asuka. Let them fight at TLC. Move on from there. Move into maybe let her have another fight at Royal Rumble. Move into Fast Lane or Elimination Chamber. Have Asuka fight Nia Elimination Chamber, Fast Lane, and let that be the end all be all. And it's done. And you could have had, still could have had Rhea Ripley move in and be champion at Mania. But her last two fights, her last four matches would have been worthwhile had they had booked it right and they just did. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm going to watch what I want to watch and this ain't it. I don't want to see the little koala bear running around with fucking um, Nia and Shayna because I don't care. I'm like, if Nia ain't got no man, and this is the only way she can get a man. She got bigger problems. Yeah, and that, that and my other thing too was just like, um, so like my other uh, my other problem was they would have Shayna and I come out and cut these promos like we're the most dominant women on the roster, the dominant most dominant uh, tag team champions, and then I'm like, you guys have lost all of your matches the last month you've been on TV. And it's like, you guys have them cutting these promos, but the booking doesn't match the promo. It's just, the, it's, it's inconsistencies. And it's a mess. Now, one thing about Raw I did like was everybody was asking for new matches. They did repeat some, but they did give us new stuff. So when Berto Carillo finally got back on TV, he was going up against Sheamus. But Sheamus attacked him before they could even have a match. So I'm thinking maybe they will start booking Umberto with mm-hmm. Sheamus and push go forward with that. And I like yeah. that idea. I really do. I like that idea. Um, what else do they do on Raw? Because I can't. They had. Oh, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Dio Madden and uh, Dijakovic. I refuse to call them T Barn and Mace. I refuse to call you that. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Dio. If your black ass is gonna wear a goddamn <laughs> waist trainer 
Will you bring your ass out it there? It popped out. It popped out. Boy, let me tell you what you got to do. First of all, you have to wear the workout ones. You can't wear the ones you put on with a suit. It popped no, out. Baby. Give him some credit. It popped no, out. No, you don't get no credit. Because it first of all, uh-uh. He ain't got no business wearing that. If he's chubby, he can wear compression shirts and compression underwear. And that will work. Your ass got a whole girdle on, on national TV, and it rolled up. And all you see is ass. And, and I'm like, what is going on here? I said, I know this black man is not on TV with a fucking waist trainer on. I said, I know damn well you ain't got no waist trainer on. I, I said, Gerard, I caught my husband. I said, AJ, do you see this? He said, that, that nigga got a damn waist trainer on. I said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I said, look, if you're going to do that, then you got to execute it properly, okay? You can't come out there like that, baby. You was exposed. And all of us girls who wear waist trainers and and fucking spanks knew what you had on, fool. You could have just put on a compression shirt. Y'all, the guys wrestling them compression shirts all the time. You could have put the compression shirt on if you were afraid it was not going to stay down. Shave your pubic area, bitch, and double side tape it down so it stays on. I, boy, don't do that shit ever. And one more thing before I let it go go get your damn locks retwisted. You and Rich Swan are just, oh, it just looks like your hair is breaking off. And I fear that one day you're going to be in the ring and one of them shits just going to drop. And I'm just like, honey, please. It just, it's not a bad look. I love a black man with some locks. And Dio Maddie is not a bad looking man. He's actually very attractive. But he looked a mess coming out there. With his natural hair just, just sticking out and he does not have his hair twisted and locked up properly. There's no excuse why you cannot go get your hair locked up. If goddamn Booker T can have his hair locked up, because his hairline is gone. <laughs> his hairline is absentee, okay? If he can keep his shit locked up and, and twisted up into a tight ass, nest of a bun, then your ass could be doing the same thing. I don't know if his wife do his locks for him. If she do, find you a, 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 a hairstylist to do the locks. There's plenty of them in Florida. But your ass shouldn't be walking around like that. You, you just shouldn't. That don't make no damn sense. Now, I don't know. Ain't no black people around you, Naomi there, but she probably letting you live your best life. But ain't no black people on the roster to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Your ass was exposed on Monday. And I don't understand. Is you Did you not lose enough weight? What happened? Why do you have all this, this waist trainer? What? I just want to understand. That is all. I just want to know why you had it all. Because you, you seem to be a sickle. And that's okay. Because I feel like if KO can walk around on TV, then you should be able to. And I'm like, you got um, you got Keith Lee. He he a thickums. 
you know. But I'm like, you got a whole waist trainer, baby. What is it? What? And it rolled up. Your ass was out. I said, what the fuck is this? No, sir. Get it together. Get it together. That's all I remember is that shit. I remember that vividly. I put that shit on my Instagram quick. Because I said, I know damn well. Where you ordering from? One of these Instagram boutiques? You got to be careful. I remember that match. And remember when we, I think it was the podcast we had, the last podcast we had, um, and how they came out and they tagged Drew. And I was like, and then remember, I was like, it's going to be a two-on-one. Guarantee. So, of course, yeah. it started off uh, as a two-on-one match. Still don't understand why they're involved with Drew, but whatever. Um, the match happens. Um, Braun comes out, and you know how it usually goes. Two-on-one, someone comes out to help the person. They cut to commercial, come back. It's a tag match. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> WWE's thing. Um, what got me was when they unmasked um, Mace and T-Bar. And the announcers, the commentary team was just like, oh, my God, they're seeing their face for the first time. And, like, WWE. We all knew who they were. Yeah, and I'm just sitting here like. We knew it was Dijakovic. We knew it was Dio Madden because he was on commentary at one point. We knew it was Dijakovic because he was in NXT at one point. He was pretty much on the, he was, he was a mainstay there for a while. So for me, I was like, why are you guys acting like we don't know who these guys are? And well, I'm like, had to. but see me personally, I would have booked it to where every, from the get go, you would have known who Retribution is. And you could have just played it out like how Ali, when he went on Twitter and he tried to make sense of it, like, why do they have these names? And he was like, I wanted to give them weird names so they know what it's like to be made fun of because you're something like that. And then when you unmask them and they have their little backstage interview and stuff like that, you could have been like, yeah, it's me, Dijakovic. Yeah, it's me, Dio Madden. Da, 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 da. And I would have let like, them be unmasked when they lost, when they all turned on... Um... Mustafa, yeah, Mustafa. I love them. They took off their mask then. I had all of them take off their mask. Yeah, Shane Thorn. Yeah, I would have done. They just would have took them off. I would. They would all been in the ring, and one by one when they left. So when Miriam walked out, she would have took off her mask and threw it at Mustafa Ali's feet. Shane Thorn would have done the same thing, and T Bar and Mace would have done the same thing. All through the mask at Mustafa Ali's feet, and they would have walked out. But then I would have carried on, not with oh my god, surprise. They're finally been unmasked. Who are these un who are these unmasked people? I would have been like, oh, yeah, it's me and him. Oh yeah, it's, it's Dijakovic. So I was like, okay, the match, um, the match was fine. Obviously, they're gonna run that match back again this Monday night on Raw as an like an official tag match. Um, which I actually again find that kind of weird just because if Drew's going up against Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash. But you have him in a match with uh, Mace and T-Bar, unless those two stories have some kind of correlation as to why that's happening. I would rather ha- have you kind of continue a storyline with Drew and Lashley with like a segment, not necessarily them wrestling, but like a segment of some sort. Well, Lashley haven't been here for two weeks. Like he, yeah, we, he's, 
He was in London for two weeks. And he's supposed to be back Monday. But they've been using T-Bar and Mace. And for what I'm assuming, they've been hired to take out Drew McIntyre by um, AVP. He's been known to do shit like that anyway. So, I mean, even though they haven't told us, they have in so many words and actions, they pretty much alluded to the fact that obviously they're working for or working with MVP. As yeah, far as Bobby Lashley's concerned, he's supposed to cut some promo in regards to Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I think there was an interview. It was one of those like, um, damn, made me lose my train of thought. Yes. Anyway, so they had an interview with T-Bar and Mace uh, backstage or whatever. And the way they were talking, it seemed more like they had a personal issue with Drew McIntyre more so than MVP was the one that sent them. And I was like, let's oh. say they do have a personal issue with Drew McIntyre. That could be their way of pulling Drew off of Bobby at Backlash, which yeah. I'm not mad about. Yeah, I don't think Drew's winning um, that match, obviously. Um, and I guess it's something for Braun Strowman to do. But yeah, that match, it was okay. It was more so them acting surprised who it was, but that match it was, it was fine. Yeah. Everything else I don't remember. Um. Yeah. I don't. I mean, they had New Day again running back with Elias and them. That's like the I third think. time. It's like the third time they've had a match. And then they had the Hurt Business going up against the Viking Raiders. That was their second match. They ran that match last week, Viking Raiders run and won, and then they ran that match again. This and then they had week. Xavier go up against I wanna say Jackson Riker. Uh this brawl, it was Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston against Elias, and Elias won that match. Okay. And then the week before that, I think it was Xavier against Elias, and I believe Xavier won the previous match. Yeah, so they're just going one one. One and one, and then I'll do another tag team match. So probably this Monday it'll be Xavier going up against Jackson Riker, which I'm definitely not watching that because fuck yeah. Jackson Riker. Yeah. Anyway, as far as SmackDown goes, I did not watch SmackDown at all. I did see the clips on um, YouTube. I saw that Alistair Black came back and I'm so happy for Alistair because I feel like Alistair is a forgotten character that Uh can be built, that can be built to take over where Roman is kind of getting stale. And I know Tears is probably going to get mad at me for this. But here's my thing. Roman Reigns works as a heel, true enough. But he doesn't work as a heel in terms of how he interacts with his opponents. He comes across like, and I always call him Nino Brown because that's what he reminds me of. But the thing, the difference between him and Nino Brown is he lacks the personality that Wesley Snipes had playing Nino Brown. So Nino Brown was a vivacious, bubbly, funny guy but he was deathly psychotic and crazily just would kill people on a whim had no respect for boundaries or other people's things but expected you to have that respect for him and if you didn't give it he would take it so in that regard he does exhibit his narcissistic personality disorder behavior Mm -hmm. and that's fine 
that's fine. But he 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 doesn't have the charisma that Nino Brown had. That's what's lacking. That's what you're missing. You got that when he was a face because it made sense. Roman is a strong, silent type, right? And he only speaks when necessary. So he's not going to say much. <laughs> so when he does speak, you're going to listen to what he say. As a heel, yes, he makes sense. He's at the top of the mountain. When he first came out against his cousin, his rhetoric was strong, but it made sense. And you were just like, what the fuck is this? The distraction, though, is having Paul Heyman at his side. That doesn't work for me either. It's not necessary. He doesn't need him. He doesn't need Heyman. If you're going to build him as this, this entity that he's built himself up to be, then he doesn't need Heyman to be his little bitch boy because he already has Jay Uso for that. Nope. So, and then he can bring Jimmy in if that's what he wants to do and have a whole faction with the bloodline as they planned for years and let that roll the way they wanted to. Now, <clears throat> as far as Roman is concerned with Cesaro and this thing with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan still coming up, the only person who hasn't come back is Edge. Like Edge, <laughs> Edge took his ill and was like, fuck it. I'm tired anyway. I don't, I don't wrestle. I don't won the Royal Rumble. I went to Mania. These motherfuckers still cheated me out of it. All right. I ain't got to break my back on no mat every two weeks. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't blame him for that. You know, he had his fun in the sun and he like, all right, I'm going to sail off into the sunset. But Daniel Bryan like, no, fuck that. We're going to run this shit back again until he do it right. So as far from what I heard, Roman told him he has to have a match next week. If he loses, he has to lose SmackDown complete. Yep. He can't come back. So I'm like, okay, so that's their way of writing off Daniel Bryan. Awesome sauce. Now, what is your solution for Cesaro? Because Cesaro still wants to go after Roman Reigns, which technically he is well within his right to do so. And there's nobody else to do it except for Seth Rollins. You know what I'm saying? And right now, I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. I'm curious, though. I'm curious as to how they would make that work or what they would do. I don't have a lot of high confidence, but given the fact that Roman and Seth Rollins have more rapport in the back and more trust to mm. deliver certain things without the interference of Vince McMahon, Pritchard, and Kevin Dunn, I trust more in them than I do in the higher-ups in the back. So yeah. I'm still curious as to how that would play out. Yeah, so I mean, um, I watched SmackDown. Um, SmackDown, it was okay. Um, SmackDown has been consistent, has been consistently in the green. Obviously, they've had SmackDowns that have been better than others. Um, SmackDown, this SmackDown is okay. So obviously, started out with um, Cesaro coming out. And then uh, I believe... Um, uh, why did why did this blink on Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins came out and was talking about it ain't over till I say it's over. Um, Was he still grip Rollins? Was he still gripping? Um, no, he had his ring gear on. So like, oh, boo! Yeah. (laughs) The thing was, so like when 
the thing is you know when like a wrestler because before when wrestlers come out they would cut promos in the wrestling gear and they wouldn't wrestle and one of the things that i do appreciate now is like if they're coming out to cut a promo and they're not going to wrestle they'll just have on their regular clothes which yeah I'm, I'm okay with that um but now it's like if they come out in their ring gear you know they're going to wrestle it's the same way i would call every time selena vega would come out with like flat shoes, I was like, she's gonna yeah, she's involved in the match. She's gonna interfere in the match. So Zara, yeah, Hill, that's how I was. Uh, Daniel Bryan come out. Um, Seth Rollins was there. Jey Uso was there, and I was like, okay, this is about to become a tag team match. They talked. Um, Roman comes out, and basically he was like, y'all two are gonna get your asses whooped. Seth was just like, wait, why am I getting involved in this? Wait, so come back from commercial. They always had a match. It was a pretty long match. Um, and then Seth just like leaves Jey Uso hanging and he walks away and he's like, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. And then he's like, walks away. He's no, like, he does not. Yeah, he literally just walks away and leaves Jey Uso hanging. Um, and Jey Uso ends up, he loses. They swing him around to call out Roman. Roman never comes out the whole nine. Um, that whole segment literally took, took up the first half of SmackDown. So I was told during a live that that was 40 minutes. That is a very long time to be looking at the same people. It was more than 40 minutes because I remember but, looking at my clock and I was like, literally, this was the first half of SmackDown. So that was the first hour. Pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yes. Okay. So even though it was kind of broken down from a segment to, you know, their promo to them adding people to it, to the leading to a match. That is a long time. It was a long just time. For people to be involved in, in hours worth of a program. That is, that is a long time. And the thing too, it's like, was the match bad? No, it wasn't a bad match. It was a pretty, it was a good match. But I don't think it needed to go um, as long as that it long. did. It didn't need to go that long. Cause I'm, if I remember, the promo was like 15 minutes with all of them. The match happened. And then when I remember when I looked at my clock, um, after everything was done with, it was like, because I watch it. So everyone, I'm, on, I'm, I'm in California. So I'm watching it on California time. So it was probably... 750 750 something when like it was completely done and they went to commercial to start another segment they literally took up the first um the first hour um other than that you had the match with Nia Jax and Tamina which Reginald jumped on the thing the whole distraction Reginald he yeah. just be homeless <laughs> now we have and he's cute as a fun <laughs> There was that. Um, you had, again, Mysterios versus the Alpha Academy. This is the second match they ran in a row. I don't want to see Rey Mysterio and his mini dad. And I don't, I don't want to see Don and his mini dad anymore. I want them to do something else. They need to do something else. Split them up. Rey needs to go in the back so he can help the Latino talent be booked properly. Because obviously they need fucking help. Okay? They just released Kalisto. Right, Umberto Carrillo just got back on TV, and Lucha House Party still ain't been seen. Okay, they still in the back, just sitting there with a fucking lettuce leaf, eating goddamn catering 
so they can find a reason to fire them too. To Ray Mysterio, you need to get your ass in the back and figure out a way to help your people. Now, MVP oh, yeah. went I back there and did it. I no ass can go back there and do it. So I was on Twitter, and when uh, Reginald came out, they said, why is Poochie Reginald walking out with Naya? <laughs> <laughs> I said, not Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not going there. So they had that match. There was a match with Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz and Kevin Owens. That was actually a good match. Commander um, Aziz. Commander Aziz. The thing is, what I don't like is Apollo, he can go. He's a really great wrestler. I understand he's a heel. Um, I like Dabakota. Obviously, Commander Aziz helped Apollo win. But then he gets in there. And here's my thing that, that bothers. So you're telling me you couldn't have him come out in something other than what he's wearing. Because the man no, is wearing, he's wearing a, like, he has, I think it's, like, commander patches, but then, like, the jacket he's wearing is, like, a sergeant's jacket from the Marine Corps. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just, like, obviously <laughs> something to do. Like, you couldn't have him come out in, like, tights with, like, the white and green. or I was, like, fine, whatever. So he gets in the ring. And he does his finishing move called the Nigerian male. I just want to know who in the back was like, yo, what should we call this? I don't know. Apollo's from Nigeria, Nigerian male. But his move is basically he grabs you by like the side of your like neck ear area. He raises his hand in the air, looks at the camera, sticks his tongue out and does this weird yell. And then he floppily like his arm is very floppy comes down and nails you on the side of like your neck but then he like jumps in the air and stomps his feet I guess to like show there's like impact to it but it looks really bad because it because when he does it it doesn't you can literally see that it's more of a slap than like a punch and that basically like took Kevin Owens out and I was like who thought like you couldn't give him like a power bomb uh, some other kind of move but I was just like okay whatever so Paul Cruz um wins that match and he's like talking to their new um their new interview lady that they have because they're trying to go more toward the sports broadcasting field which is fine which I hate yeah I hate it I was like whatever and then again you have the, uh, the Mysterios which I don't want to see that match anymore I can't take it and then like the that was the main event match. <laughs> like they literally only had, I think, like I think it was four. Jay Uso that match, Tamina, well, and Poochie Reynold, Reginald, Apollo Crew. Yeah, so they only had like four matches, and then the ending was um, basically Cesaro comes back out with Daniel Bryan, and like, are you going to give us the match? Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, Roman comes out. And the weirdest thing was Cesaro was asking for the match for the title at WrestleMania Backlash. Roman goes, Daniel Bryan, I'm sick of you. I'm tired of you. This is your last chance. He offers to have another match with Daniel Bryan. That's when that whole stipulation comes up where he's like, if you lose, I don't want to see you backstage on SmackDown. I don't want to see you on SmackDown at all. And then Cesaro looks at Daniel and goes, gives him this look. And I was like, oh, Cesaro's going to be like, dude, this is my time. But Cesaro goes, dude, take the match. Take it. Take it. And I'm just like, 
I, sir, I'm out here asking you for a match. I'm not going to tell this guy to take a match that I'm trying to get. So Daniel Bryan, <coughs> Daniel Bryan takes the match. And so I'm figuring, I don't see Daniel Bryan winning. So I think this is their way of moving Daniel Bryan over to Raw. Which they need. Yeah, they definitely need that, especially because after Drew and Apollo, not Apollo, Drew and Lashley, they might do Lashley and um, Braun Strowman, I guess. Um, and, then you're, and I don't know if Keith Lee will be back in time. So they obviously need more people to like help flesh that out. So I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan's going to lose and they will probably get uh, Cesaro and um, Cesaro and, and, and Roman after that. But I just thought that was really weird. But yeah, it was, it was fine. The funny thing was um, the Street Profits and the Dirty Dogs are still going at it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to see them in a ring ever again for a long time. Like, holy shit. Um, and then Bailey interrupts. She's talking mess. And she's doing an interview, I believe, with Caleb. And then Montez Ford comes back. And she had, and he has uh, Bianca Belair on the phone because Bailey's like, I'll say it to her face. So he has Bianca Belair on the phone, and Bianca Belair's like, All right, I'll be there. I'll be there. Give me a minute. And so they go to commercial, come back, and <laughs> Bianca Belair confronts Bailey. And Bailey, in my opinion, cut the best babyface promo I have ever seen her cut in the history of her being a babyface. It but was, she's not a baby face. She's a heel. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's a heel. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> let, me, let me finish. Let me let me finish. So she cuts this. She cuts this baby face promo. Right. She's telling Bianca Belair. And the reason why I said that is because I just want to tell you that you know after your great match you had at WrestleMania, I think you're a great competitor, and I think uh, you to face you at WrestleMania Backlash. She literally cut a baby face promo. So she walks away and Bianca Belair looks and goes, well, I wasn't expecting that coming out of Bailey's mouth. And then Bailey comes back and Bianca turns and Bailey goes, oh yeah, one more thing. And she just starts laughing. Gotta punch her in her damn face. And then she turns around and walks away while she's laughing. But she Bianca a good one. But that, that was and it was the funniest thing because like as she's cutting and obviously she was just playing the part of like pretending like she really cared but she cut a baby face promo that was really good where for a second you're just like wait a minute wait what's going on and it was a good baby face promo but when she came back and started laughing you're just like wow you're a dick Bailey I'd have grabbed her by what's left of them dark black roots she got and slammed her bald-headed ass on that damn mat they keep making them do them damn interviews and she would not have did that to me I'd have been like now how about that laugh at that not the baby face yeah it was so good she was like I just I just wanted to tell you that it would be an honor to face you at Wrestlemania I don't believe it I don't believe a single fucking thing that comes out of Bailey's mouth absolutely not but no it was funny because when she came back and started laughing that's when you knew she was just like oh I'm just messing with you like I don't care but that was it was just funny like she cut like this really fake good baby face promo where you're just like what what is going on and then when she started laughing you're just like oh that's messed up you have Bianca believing that you're just no very you she had you believe in my G. period she, but no, like, I, 
no, she she didn't use extra eyebrows out. That's what she should have did. Well, no, the thing is, when you watch it and she cuts it and then she comes back and starts laughing, that's when you knew, like, she was just doing it to, like, get under Bianca. I never would. I don't trust Bailey at all with that fucking haircut. I don't care what. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, she wasn't. She wasn't legitimately actually cutting. She was she was messing with her. Yes, yeah, even was when she was messing with her, her I'd be like, bitch, not with that Karen haircut, you bet. <laughs> and so that's why I was like, when she was cutting that that promo, that baby, that fake baby face promo, even then. Oh, you believe that? Stop calling it a fake baby face. No, I, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it yeah, at all. No, I no, I didn't. I didn't believe it because you know her character and you know how she's how she's a dick. So when she was cutting that promo, I was like, dang, I was like, that was like they, Bailey's turn to the like, oh, what? No, I didn't. I, I, didn't. I didn't. It did it just wouldn't have made sense. So when she was playing the promo, I was like, this is the best quote unquote baby face promo that baby. Okay. I mean, if you want me to say it, I will if it makes you feel better. <laughs> but but it was just funny because it was just like even then I was like this is probably the best quote unquote baby face promo Bailey has cut in her entire run when she was a baby face. She did she good promos as a baby face. And she did. Stop lying. She did. Yeah, she no, did. She didn't like her. Jesus Christ, name one. Okay. Exactly. She didn't. She, she, people just didn't like Bailey as a baby. No. No. They hated no, her no. as a baby. Yeah, so that, that whole like that whole thing no. was like Where's Mortal Kombat? That movie was trash. Um, Absolutely not. I will not have you slam during that movie. Was it that bad? I don't like it. I don't care what nobody fucking says. I hate that movie. I was I, I argued with I argued with three of my coworkers. I Literally argued with three of my coworkers about it. They I like, like them. They were like, "What is wrong with you?" I was like, "I fucking hated it." And then I argued with one of my friends when I was at the bar. He was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "I fucking hate that movie." I was like, "I don't like it." I'm gonna rewatch it again. I I I hated it, but I'm going to rewatch it so I can make sure I don't like it. <laughs> No, I do this. So I'm not one of those people. Obviously, this does not include wrestling. And Jenny, we can talk to going back to you talking about how much you love Bailey's babyface promo. But um, (laughs) so when I watch movies, especially like stuff like pertaining to this genre. I rewatch it twice to make sure so I can form an actual opinion about it because I don't want to be like one of those like commentators or like people who are like oh I watched it in like you know this A, B, and C and shit like that. I want to make sure that I have an actual opinion about it and I don't like it right now. I'm going to rewatch it so I can make sure I don't like it. Or I do like it. And I like it. So my friend was like, he's like, would you re he said, would you have really liked a movie if it wasn't named Mortal Kombat and something else? I said, probably. 
I don't like how it was named Mortal Kombat and nobody fucking fought in Mortal Kombat. Like, like these niggas was just fighting. It was <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, that song, I hated it. I hate that movie so much. But yeah, let's go back to wrestling. So I don't some my all right, let's go back to the babyface promo that um other than that, SmackDown was fine. It was it was okay. What about Roman? I didn't so what's going on with this shit? Because I didn't see any of it. He's got a match with Daniel Bryan next week. Daniel wins, he'll be champion. If he loses, he's gotta leave SmackDown. No. Okay, well we'll see him on Raw the week after. <laughs> Pretty much. Because he's not going to drop that title to Brian. I'd be shocked. Did y'all talk about Mark Carano? No, we haven't gotten there yet. We're getting there. Did any of you watch AEW this week? I haven't watched any wrestling this week. Well, we've got nothing on AEW then. We're going to move on. Go for the top. 